Welcome to another episode of Connect and Move Radio. I'm your host, Andy Fortuna, with co-host Tim Langer. Moin, moin. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Wim Hof Method and how ice bath recovery and movement all correspond to improving and optimizing human health. Today's guest is Donato Helbling. He's a Budokan mixed movement artist, mixed movement artist, yoga, mobility, kinesthetics, martial arts, all entwined together. First, a black belt in the form, in the art form has been teaching in Miami and touring worldwide for 14 years. He's the only Wim Hof instructor here in South Florida, trained under Wim himself and his academy. He is the creator of Integrative Living Model, which he uses to coach high-performance, high-network individuals, as well as teaches courses upon the public. Co-host and the Guru Killer, sorry, co-host of the Guru Killer podcast with Cameron Shane, and he's a husband, stepfather, furniture maker, entrepreneur, vintage car, and motorcycle restorer. Donato, welcome to the show, bud. Hey, thanks for having me, Andy. No problem. Hopefully, I, I got through that whole bio correctly. Oh, I think so, man. You did a great job. <laughs> all right. Talk to us. How'd you, how'd you get to where you're at today? Oh, man, it's all, it, it was all a mistake. <laughs> it was all a mistake, man. Uh, you know, I was, a, I was a young kid growing up in Argentina, thinking that I wanted to be an engineer, because uh, that's what my dad is. You know, mm -hmm. my mom's an architect, so... I grew up an only child, just thinking that I had to put my brain to some intellectual use <laughs> and to solve problems. Um, but I was a, you know, I was a little nerdy fat kid that, that was kind of struggling with the things that nerdy fat kids struggle with, right? Uh, too much into computers, and, but still very extroverted and, and, and curious about more than that you know more than being smart which is you know what people used to tell me is oh you're so smart you're so good in school yeah and it just kind of locks you in as a kid in this idea of having to perform or be a certain way um when i became a teenager and i started getting a little bit more physically active started playing rugby and kind of fell in love with the concept of of using your body to 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 get to know yourself the rugby is a pretty interesting sport to get started with. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen or played it, but um, it got me used to getting beat up. And um, while I wasn't very interested in, uh, in uh, competitive sports, uh, I was very interested and fascinated by martial arts. So when I moved to the United States to go to engineering school, I started getting into martial arts. And I explored a bunch of them. I started with Wing Chun Kung Fu. Then I moved into um, capoeira, taekwondo, karate, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, krav maga, and I'm sure I'm forgetting that one somewhere in there. I've done yaido also, which is the, 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 the art of the Japanese swordsmanship. Uh, and it, it just, all those brought me uh, to such a beautiful uh, understanding that what you do with your movement is just a thing you do to get to know yourself better. But the biggest realization for me came after an injury in the jiu-jitsu tournament in 2005 as I was graduating from college. Uh, I decided that I just didn't want to fight. I don't want to compete anymore. And I moved to Miami to get away from the cold, ironically. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, 
And uh, when I moved to Miami, I started studying yoga because I heard that it could have uh, that it could help me recover from my injury. And I also noticed that there were a lot of hot chicks in the class. So <laughs> I got lucky too, you know, and that's usually why a lot of guys get into it. But I was lucky to kind of be in the right place at the right time with my yoga practice because in uh, 2005, there was a gym that opened in Miami Beach, which kind of gave a pay raise to all the yoga teachers because there were only a few places to teach yoga in Miami at the time. And when this Equinox gym opened in South Beach, um, they picked the best teachers that were around and brought them aboard. So I got lucky to be one of the first members at the gym and be able to take, I was taking, I think something like seven or eight yoga classes a week with teachers that right now are, uh, you know, international touring teachers with their own schools, with their own teacher training programs, just really amazing, amazing individuals here in Miami. So I got deep into the yoga practice uh, and because of my martial arts background, I was able to kind of progress quite fast whatever that can mean inside of yoga. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I decided that I wanted to become a yoga teacher. Uh, as soon as I made that decision, I met Cameron Shane, who's the creator of Budokan. And uh, I'm the co-host on his podcast nowadays. He's my best friend in the world. And he's my master, my teacher, Budokan. He's a creator of Budokan. He showed up at Equinox and taught a workshop. And I remember seeing the flyer that said, yoga meets martial arts and have a baby. And it's called Budokan. I was like, what a load of cheesy shit. <laughs> right? So I decided not to go to. I'm sorry, I may curse a little in your podcast. No worries. Thank you. Uh, so um, uh, I took the workshop and I, I mean, I fell in love with the art form right away because it, it, let me, it let me do two things that I was deeply passionate for. And it had a philosophical component that tied them together. It, it, it was back then, Budokan was pretty rough. It was kind of like, a, we do some yoga now, and now we do some martial arts. But with the philosophy, you kind of tie them both together. Mm -hmm. And the interest was in exploring the commonalities between these two practices, instead of focusing on what they're different, on how they're different, which is what most people usually do when you talk about yoga and martial arts. They seem very different, but they're actually the very, very, very similar, created by the same people, developed by the same people. Uh, just different applications of the same energy mm -hmm. uh, and uh, both beautiful tools for self-development and self-discovery. So I dedicated myself to Budokan and to continue to, you know, grow myself through meditation and other interesting practices that are within Budokan. A lot of study of neuroscience, a lot of study of um, uh, behavioral psychology, a lot of studies of uh, epigenetics, nutrition, uh, environmental studies and all that. And I was doing all of that while I was developing an engineering career <laughs> here in Miami. Um, so, and of course I still had my hobbies and my things that I do. So I decided to start touring the world with Cameron and teach Budokan all over the place and train as much as I could until I got the first black belt in the system because Budokan is a mixed movement art system, but it's a martial arts system within itself and uh, so you can get a black belt in it uh, and uh, I was the first one to get it I helped them I helped Cameron develop it all the way up to that and was kind of the guinea pig through the whole process I opened my own academy we toured all over the place and here we are uh, about you know 15 16 years after that 
here I am. We have a, a beautiful big academy in Wynwood here in Miami on 17th and North Miami, where we teach Budokar and where I also have the Miami Ice Club, which is where we get together to practice Wim Hof. Now, Wim Hof is something that came to me a few years ago as my next challenge that of uh, my next teacher, my next practice that I wanted to, to try out. And I had heard about the Wim Hof method many times through different friends of mine and different people that recommended that I did it. Because, you know, when you're, when you're the guy that kind of does the crazy stuff, mm -hmm. hears about crazy stuff, they want to make you do it, right? <laughs> I'm sure that happens to you guys too. Right, sure. So, uh, you know, these people were like, hey, you should try the Wim Hof method. Have you heard of him? And I was like, yeah, have you done it? And they're like, no, but you should do it. And I'm like, how about you do it? And then you tell me. Now you try and then you come back to me and, and you let me know how it goes. And tell me, yeah. So anyways, one day, an opportunity to go to Poland to train with Wim came up. Uh, and a friend of mine was like, hey, it's my 40th birthday. I want to go with, to train with Wim. You want to come with me? And I said, hey, let's go. And uh, I had a thing in my family, so I ended up not being able to go. But when my friend came back, he said, listen, man, the Wim Hof method is awesome, but I know you, and you would love teaching this. And that was actually the first time that it sounded very interesting to me, because mm -hmm. I love teaching. I love understanding how the the how life works and uh, and how to live it better. Uh, how to not 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 so much how to perform better, because right now everyone's so focused on high performance and mm -hmm. trying to squeeze you know a twenty fifth hour out of the day. I'm more about how do you live happier? How do you live healthier? You know, how can you be stronger? Not how you can spend another hour in front of the computer putting things on Instagram. You know, I don't care about that. <laughs> so uh, what, what exactly is the Wim Hof method? Well, the Wim Hof method is the thing that combines breath work, um, mindset training, and cold exposure. And what it does is it makes you happy, healthy, and strong. Uh, what's really interesting is that when I started practicing it, um, I went to this workshop with my wife. And the teacher there, her name is Do uh, Dr. Trish Smith. She's one of the teachers at the Wim Hof Academy. Mm -hmm. um, she came to West Palm Beach and I took a course with her. She explained all the science, all the physiology. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I did the breath work. And man, it was, I mean, to, to put it in one word, it was psychedelic. It, it took me on a journey, uh, which is equivalent to 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 the psychedelic journey. Mm -hmm. um, it, it it made me feel so euphoric and calm, but but calm at the same time. Uh, I could tell that just twenty minutes of breath work had a noticeable and profound effect, not only in my physiology but also in my perception of life. Only that was the, the very breathing? first time. Was that? Or just with the breathing? Just with the breathing. Just with the breathing. So 20, minute, 20 minutes of the breathing, and the breathing is super simple. I'm sure we'll go into it in a minute. Mm -hmm. uh, you just feel the effects right away. And then it turns out that the breath work prepares you for the cold exposure, for the ice baths. Now, when I got into the ice, man, I mean, you know, I've been competing <laughs> in martial arts. And I'm a black belt. You know, I'm also a firearms instructor. I train the cops. I train the military. Uh, you know, I fight with MMA guys. I train UFC guys. Awesome. I got in the ice, and man, <laughs> it all came down crashing, man. I wanted to hang that black belt, like bury it in the sand. It was, I get in the ice, and I'm like, oh, this is a thing. And then what was interesting is I look over to the side, 
And at the time when we were in that workshop, uh, Trish had set up two ice baths next to each other. So I'm in the, I get in the ice and I look over to the side and my wife is in the other ice bath, right? So I'm here freaking out, trying to fight this thing. And she's in there, she's like, ah, this is nice. What? <laughs> so I'm like, oh, dude. so imagine all the things that are rushing through my head, all these ideas. And what I noticed that day is that my life, because you asked me, so what, what, what's your life up to now? How did mm -hmm. you get here? And it was a, it was a, a series of moments where I killed myself, right? This idea of who I thought I was and an event that happens in my life that kills that idea, that proves that that idea is not true and mm -hmm. that I'm actually so much more than that, right? So I, I thought I was going to be an engineer and then I proved that I could be so much more than that. I thought I was going to be a Budokan black belt and I thought, and this proved that I could do so much more than that. I thought I was a tough guy and I'm, I could be so much more than that if I can let go of all those ideas. So. The Wim Hof method showed me that, but reminded me of that because I had been doing this work of killing myself for a while. Um, but this just showed it to me in the most simple way because sometimes it comes with a teacher that says something really smart. Sometimes it comes with a book that you read or with a movie or a documentary or an experience. This was nothing, man. This was an ice cube and a, and a thing and I got in it and it kicked my ass and I was like, you're not as tough as you think you are. So what else that you think you are, you're not. And are you willing to do the work? Mm -hmm. So since then, I was like, this ice thing, this is my new teacher. And I, I wasn't so big into Wim Hof as a person and like, like as, a, as a guru type of thing. It was more about what's in this ice and what's in this breath. Mm -hmm. And then I got to meet Wim. And, and he's the furthest thing from a guru <laughs> you're going to find, which reminded me a lot of Cameron and Shane. Mm -hmm. in that, that, that they're both kind of like the anti-guru character people that that are real and raw and they're just there committed to making to, to helping you become a better person and they're also committed in doing the work themselves they're not done and they're not pretending to be done so for me uh sometimes when you look at the Wim Hof method you also you, you usually come through it through looking at the records that he's broken you know like the longest ice bath without the body temperature changing, which is like an hour and 53 minutes, I believe, mm -hmm. in an ice bath without his core temperature changing. Uh, he climbed uh, Everest, Kilimanjaro with just, you know, sh uh, with shorts and boots. He ran a half marathon. Uh, he ran a marathon in the Arctic Circle with no shoes. He ran a half marathon in the Namibian desert with no water. Uh, and a bunch of other records, man. He swam under a frozen lake, the longest distance ever. I think they just, somebody else broke his record two years ago mm -hmm. on that. So this guy, you come through with his records, but all this stuff, he did it just so that people would get attention to his method, to the breathing right. and the benefits that you get when you relate yourself with the cold. And since then, and since I started training under him, uh, uh, I'm really grown very fond of him as a, as a teacher and as a great example of a person following what following his truth and, and sharing his passion with as many people as possible and the method that he has given us is uh is it's truly uh, it's truly amazing man i mean this thing has the potential to replace most of medicine you know they it it, it gives you the key to your internal medicine cabinet so that anything that may be going on physical uh emotional mental you can you can you can go in there 
and, and get your own medicine from within just by breathing and just by getting cold. Really yeah, cool. super interesting. And I had I was fortunate enough while Wim was in Miami last year also to to join that fundamentals course. And yes, definitely it also, as you described, kicked my ass. Maybe for the ones who are not too familiar with that until until now, uh, you 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 said earlier that the breathing is basically preparing you for the cold. Maybe if you can describe a little bit what type of breathing that is and how that actually prepares you for the cold. Excellent. So the breathing that we do at the Wim Hof Method is, is very simple. You take in a big, big breath, right? So you go, and then you let it go. Or you can breathe it through your mouth, right? So you take in as much air as you can, and then you release as much CO2 as you can. We do about 30 to 40 of those breaths. And then you take a big inhale, and you let all the air out you hold your breath so you take 30 to 40 inhales and exhales then you exhale all the air out and you hold your breath what's really interesting about that is that you can hold your breath with empty lungs a lot longer than you think you can mm -hmm. with practice you can hold it very long uh, so you know people that do it for the first time are surprised that sometimes they can hold their breath for a minute minute and a half two minutes i've had people that hold their breath for four minutes the first time they ever do it Oh, crazy right with <laughs> lungs empty so once you feel like you have to breathe you take a big inhale again and now you hold your breath with full lungs and then you send the pressure up to your head and that's the moment where things get a little psychedelic hmm. and then you hold that for about 20 seconds and then you let go that's called one that's considered one round in a normal session you do three rounds so you do 30 to 40 big inhales and exhales. One full exhale with a breath retention. As you're gonna hold that as long as you can without forcing it, without pushing it. And then you take a big inhale and hold it. 20 seconds, sending the pressure up to your head. And then you let it go and you're done. You do that three times. And that's a full Wim Hof breathing session. Okay. Um, the way that that prepares you for the ice and the way that that creates all those physiological changes that I was saying before is that oxygen is that, well, basically it changes the pH of your blood. What does that mean? The pH is a measurement of the, the levels of acidity of a substance, right? So the pH of your blood is how, how alkaline or how acidic your mm -hmm. blood is. Um, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of studies and talk about, uh, uh, about the alkaline diet or the alkaline lifestyle that an alkaline body is less prone to disease to, right yeah well uh, the reason why that happens is because at an alkaline at a certain level of alkalinity or at a certain ph level the the internal cellular processes are optimized there's a ph level that our cells are designed to work optimally at and because of the lifestyle that we live currently we are below that level. So that's how diseases can beat our immune system. But if you have the, uh, a very alkaline uh, lifestyle, let's say, uh, you accelerate your immune system, you accelerate your metabolism, you, you strengthen your body just because you're making it work more efficiently. You're making it do the same work with less energy. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, the breath work changes the pH in a dramatic way because all of think of it this way your the breath that you take 
touches all of your body eventually, right? Every mm -hmm. time you take a big breath, you're taking oxygen that goes from your, you know, goes into your lungs and it goes through your lungs to your bloodstream. And then your blood goes to every part of your body. Does that make sense? Yep. So your breath goes to every cell of your body eventually. So if you can, through breath, affect the pH of your blood, then effectively you're affecting the, the pH of your whole body. Mm -hmm. A lot of people focus on changing the pH of their body through nutrition, which is definitely doable. The problem about nutrition is that it has to go through your stomach. And your stomach has a very specific pH that is tremendously acidic. Mm -hmm. Actually, the human stomach is one of the most acidic places in the planet, <laughs> right? So for you to throw enough kale in there <laughs> to make your, you know, to make your, I say that jokingly, of course, but for you to affect the pH of your stomach to then af affect the pH of the rest of your digestive tract, to then affect the pH of your bloodstream, to then affect the pH of your cells, that takes a lot longer than if you just do it through your breath work. Now, mm -hmm. if you do it through nutrition, the effects are long-lasting. If you do it through breath, they're temporary. Make sense? Absolutely. However, the effects of this breath last 24 hours. So technically, if you do this breath work every day, you're good to go. The way that the breath work changes your pH is actually very simple. When you think of it this way, oxygen is a very alkaline substance and carbon dioxide is a very acidic substance. So when you take in a lot of oxygen and let go of a lot of CO2, you're taking in the alkaline substance, substance and you're letting go of the acidic substance. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. You're changing up the ratios here. Exactly. So the same way that you do it with food, if you stop taking acidic foods and you take alkaline foods, eventually you'll alkalinize your body. Well, if you breathe in oxygen, which we all do all the time, of course, but mm -hmm. we don't do it in such high uh, volumes. And some of us even hold our breaths a lot of times throughout the day. What's that? I said a lot of times, um, a lot of us hold our breaths and don't necessarily have that, you know, through stress and hyperventilation, all that stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say everybody takes a good amount of breaths. Exactly. So sometimes you're holding your breath, mm -hmm. but your metabolism is still working, of course, because you're still alive. Mm -hmm. so, and the, the byproduct of metabolism, well, one of the byproducts of metabolism is CO2. So if you're not exhaling <laughs> because you're holding your breath, you're accumulating CO2. You're making your body more acidic. As a matter of fact, we've done the experiment at the, you know, at the, at the ice club, at, at the academy where we train. Uh, and you know, you do a pH strip. You, you ever done the pH strip? You spit on the little strip of paper? I've never done no. I've done it in science class, I think in high school somewhere. Remember but. that, right? <laughs> From science class. Cool. So you would do one before you start the breath work, then you do the breath work, and then you do another one, and the pH, I mean, the color is completely different. Oh, interesting. Uh, we've been, I mean, and there's been a lot of research done on this uh, because, you know, in, in the Wim Hof community, we have a lot of scientists. And outside of the community, there's a lot of scientists interested in it. And they've measured the pH going from 7.4 uh, to 7.9. Mm -hmm. It may not mean much to anyone, but like, for example, if, if an ambulance found you unconscious and they measured your blood and you had a 7.9 pH, they'll be like, you're something is really off with this guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? So 7.9 is really, really, really high pH. Mm. The thing about that high pH is that there's a few things that don't work so well with high pH. One of them is your prefrontal lobes, right? The part of your brain that stores 
a lot of interesting uh, functions. One of them is your identity. The other one is your idea of where your body ends and the space begins and where the next person begins. <laughs> uh, time, space, all of that is in your prefrontal lobes. Um, so when, you're, when your pH is really high because of the breath work, you kind of start losing your attachment to who you are and what time it is and what day it is. And you start feeling that you're one with the universe type of thing. <laughs> so very much like psychedelics do that create like that temporal hyperfrontality, right? Like the what you were mentioning, you were when you were going through this breathing, that's what you mentioned you the experience you were having. And most people do, I, I feel, uh, and I heard from the Wim Hof method through the breathing. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that you have are physical sensations. You know, there's tingliness in the hands and the feet and the mouth sometimes. Uh, there's uh, sometimes you feel uh, vibrations. Sometimes you actually start vibrating, like physically shaking. Um, sometimes you uh, get like a little bit like tinnitus, you know, like that ringing in the ears. Mm -hmm. or, or, or all the sounds become very faint. Uh, so you kind of lose a little bit of hearing temporarily. Uh, with your eyes closed, you start seeing colors and shapes and uh, interesting things like that. Sometimes you're, you're, uh, there's a, something called tetany, which is a involuntary firing of, of contraction of some muscles. So sometimes your hands get like a little crampy, mm -hmm. which is really interesting. Sometimes emotions come up, uh, you know, maybe some, sometimes people laugh, sometimes people get a little sad and cry, or sometimes people get angry and start yelling. That doesn't happen very often, but <laughs> let me ask you, you talked but, about self-realization uh, now only a couple times. So you talked about the, the sense of you know you killing yourself or, or shedding a piece of yourself to build uh, this new uh, model, if you will, for the lack of a better word. Uh, yep. So you had this through martial arts, and you had this a couple of times, like you mentioned, through teachings, through uh, education, through moments and experiences. And one of those experiences you mentioned was uh, being in, in the ice. Talk to us yeah. about the ice. Well, the ice is, is fun, man, because uh, the ice, does, I mean, after you realize it, it, the ice does only one thing, which is be cold. <laughs> that's the only thing it does, right? right? It gets you wet and cold. And that's, you know, that's the truth. And the rest, you make it up. When you're in it, you're like, I'm going to die. I'm never going to make it. Or this is the worst thing in the world. Or, uh, or you know, I'm freezing. <laughs> or when is this going to end? These things are... These things are the fabrications of the brain, right? The fabrications of your mind. And, and it makes you realize that you do that all the time. What's really interesting is you get in and the first thing you feel is those pins and needles. You know, you feel your hands getting kind of crampy and your feet. And that happens because of vasoconstriction. You know, I mean, your body adjusts to the cold by restricting blood flow, restricting blood flow to your arms and your legs so that it keeps warm blood in the core where all the vital organs are, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, that makes sense, but trust me, when you get in the eyes, it's still gonna hurt, <laughs> right? Do, so, do, you get, do you get used to it at some point? Do you- Definitely uh, do, you definitely do. Because think of it this way. Um, uh, I don't know, do you lift weights? Yes. Yeah, okay, so uh, every time you go to lift a weight that you've never lifted before, Right. Kind of get that like, whew, right. this is going to be serious. And mm -hmm. you get the mind going a little crazy. Then you get the actual physical effect that it's 
it's more heavy, <laughs> it's heavier than, than, you're than what you're used to. Right. And then the next day you're sore, right? So there's a mental experience and then there's a real physical experience. The mental experience, whatever, that changes depending on, you know, how you're feeling that day. But the physical experience, it's pretty real and consistent. Now, of course, as you continue to practice, you get used to it. With this, it's the same. The reason why a lot of people feel that pins and needles at the beginning with a cold is because the muscles that wrap around the veins that vasoconstrict, the muscles that close those veins, I mean, if you live in Miami, when do you ever get to exercise those? True. You, know? <laughs> you, never, you never get cold, so your veins never shut down to push the blood into the core. So this is like you all of a sudden trying to lift big weights with muscles that you never work out with. Right. So, but as you start getting stronger, you start getting that cardiovascular exercise, right? And what's really interesting is that after two months of consistent um, Wim Hof breathwork and ice, you can reduce your resting heart rate by 20 pulses per minute, oh. which is a lot, mm -hmm. right? Just by doing, not by doing cardio, like cardio, like we know it, like running on a treadmill or running on the street or riding a bicycle or swimming, but by breathing and getting in the ice. That's by changing your body's reaction to stress. Is that what happens? Well, it's not, not, it's not because of that. It's because your veins and all your capillaries and all your arteries become more flexible, hmm. and become, more, become stronger. So your heart actually has to work less to pump blood. Because right now, if you don't have that vaso, uh, that ability to vasodilate and constrict uh, effectively, then your heart has to push through stiff veins. Mm -hmm. But if your veins are flexible and they're also pumping, then your whole cardiovascular system is pumping. And, and your and heart to, works less hard. Does that make sense? Totally, yes. And to achieve that, you say, I mean, does that take daily practice or is it like if you do it a number of times a week to, to achieve that result as you described well, I, tell you, I mean i tell you what i, I, I mean it, of course i'm guessing it changes with a person right it changes from sure. person to person and their activity and what else they do uh, but i mean uh, when i started get, when i got serious about learning this thing i started doing the ice baths every other day and in two months i went down 15 beats per minute mm. wow. now now i'm already an athlete True. Right. So I already came from an athletic background. So that's, I mean, for me, it's huge for me when I fight, when I do, um, uh, I've been lately, I've been focusing more on, on jujitsu and grappling. Uh, I mean, when I fight, I have so much, I mean, my cardio is great for a guy who's not there training every day and working on his cardio. Mm. Those guys that are there training every day and then they ride bike and then they run around the block and they work on their cardio actively, I don't run. And I'm, my cardio is great right. because of that, you know? So, uh, and I mean, I can only attribute it to that because it, my cardio used to be okay for a guy who doesn't run. And now I still don't run and my cardio is great. <laughs> the <laughs> only thing that's changed is the fact that I breathe and I get in the ice. So I love it. It keeps me from running, which is something that I don't enjoy. <laughs> Maybe next year it'll be my challenge to start. Sure. But, in the beginning, you described that one of the outcomes is also to, to let it leads to a path of, of happiness. Maybe if you can talk a little bit about that, is that just the, uh, the, the changes you described through breathing and, and the ice experience or, or, and how would you define happiness in, in that way? Oh, 
Then you guys are full of good questions. <laughs> well, there's two ways that you can get to happiness. All right, so we're, I'm going to give you two answers. The first answer is, it, it will be the more philosophical one. When you start the day doing an ice bath, the, whatever challenge bring comes the rest of the day, it's not going to get you. You know, you get in an ice bath and then you go, you get out. So you do your breathing, you do your ice, and then you go, you get in your car. And you start driving around. I don't know about you, but if you've driven in Miami, you, <laughs> you know the challenges of that, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know how people are honking, cutting you off, calling you names, you know, almost killing you every block or something. That would normally upset a person. But usually after I do my ice bath, I'm like, okay, go ahead. <laughs> Right. You know, so life becomes a little, uh, life becomes a little happier when things don't get you as much, right? You become also more fulfilled and more self-reliant and more uh, self-confident. When you start doing these ice baths and you notice how hard they are at the beginning, and then you start being, uh, start to enjoy them and not uh, suffer so much through them, uh, and you start seeing progress, that's tremendously rewarding and so reassuring. Mm -hmm. Because what I like about this that is so simple, it's the ice. Sometimes you go to, you know, like I, I go to class. So you, let's say you come to Budokan class and you start training with me. And you're like, man, since I started Budokan, I'm doing great. But you know what? In the back of your head, your brain's going to be like, well, yeah, Budokan's nice, but what about the people? What about the teachers? What about the, 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 the looking cool? What about the whatever? Right? So there's a lot of other things that you can attribute it to. But there's the breath and there's the ice. And that's it. Mm -hmm. You know, when you eat good sushi, you're like, holy crap, how, how good is this sushi? And it's just rice and fish. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, this is it. I mean, so, so to me, uh, Wim Hof is like really good sushi. Right. Or like really good pizza, if you, if you think pizza can be good. I mean, there's, there's debates on that. But if, if you can appreciate a really good tasting pizza, it's just... It's just flour, water, cheese, and tomato. You know what I mean? It's three, four things that make a beautiful experience. Sushi is the same. And to me, this is the same. It is so simple, and your brain cannot fight the results. It cannot be like, yeah, sure, you're doing great, but because if you're doing great, you're doing great. There's mm -hmm. nothing else to attribute the, the, the victory to. It was you, and it was the ice. The ice didn't change. You are the one that changes. So you get to know yourself, and you get to become more consistent in your life. That's part of the mindset training also. And that makes you happier, man. The fact that you can achieve this challenge that most people would be, uh, you know, they would, I mean, most people don't want to do this ice bath. Mm -hmm. You get confident, you're like, man, I do an ice bath every other day or every day. That's something that definitely brings you joy. Now, that's a philosophical answer. But the biological answer is that happiness is a chemical state like being in love, like being upset, right? Happiness is, is we've, we've, through science, we've taken the romanticism out of happiness, unfortunately, or fortunately, <laughs> right? And happiness is a chemical state, right? It's a, it's a certain configuration of hormones that make you feel the way that you feel, just like fear, just like anger, just like any other emotion. So happiness is a chemical state. And what's really interesting is that the, both the breath work and the ice bath release dopamine and oxytocin, which are two of the neurotransmitters or hormones that are responsible for the feeling of joy. 
So this is the same thing that drugs do. Why are drugs so popular and successful at creating a feeling of happiness, not a real <laughs> happiness, right? Mm -hmm. uh, is because that they trigger certain uh, the release of, uh, of certain neurotransmitters that the trigger a happiness state. So the short answer, the, the, the scientific answer is when you breathe, when you're in the ice, you release dopamine and oxytocin, which make you feel like everyone loves you and make you feel like life is all right. <laughs> How big, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I never liked ice. My first in, introduction to ice was uh, ice baths in high school for after a game, or no, not after a game. So I played baseball all my life. And it would be after, the day after a game, you come in for recovery, you know, to add the, uh, uh, again, like you mentioned, the vasoconstriction, be able to bring in blood flow, all that stuff, the recovery, three minutes of just straight agony. And then you got, hopefully, you know, you stop moving, the eyes kind of, you got used to it. And then when you got out, it was cool. Uh, and again, I started hearing, huh? How did you feel when you got out? Oh, you felt great. Yeah, you felt great. It was those, first of all, it was a, the whole day knowing that you had to do ice bath was very <laughs> excruciating and you missed the breath work yeah yeah the, well it, my well the point i was gonna make was uh obviously there was no wim hof method there was mm -hmm. no breathing all that stuff uh mm -hmm. once i started learning about the wim hof and like you mentioned the flashy marketing right all the records all the stuff all the youtube videos him doing his breathing in the middle of the snow like mm -hmm. who is this guy well it, it brought you to him right i mean mm -hmm. that's what marketing is at one point um so so I, I came back to this ice thing, but in my shower, thankfully my ice, my, sorry, my shower doesn't get that cold, but cold enough for me. Um, but yeah, I, I can definitely see the biggest thing that I saw with ice or any tool that you, that you use for that type of uh, cold exposure. meditation. Yeah. The exposure is a, a big momentous uh, kind of, it's, it brings you to the present moment. Mm -hmm. You can't think of the past. You can't think of the future. You can only think of what's happening right now. And at that point, it is freezing cold water. Um, and again, they're breathing, all that stuff. And you know, I'm super, I was super, super interested in uh, when Tim mentioned uh, to have you on the podcast. Uh, you know, I was really excited. So, and I appreciate all the information you've provided for us, and in the the information not only on the cold, the information on breathing, and all the uh, physiological effects, but also the emotional and uh, esoterical, which I think is super important as well. How can, uh, I know there's a workshop coming up this weekend, right? How can uh, some of the listeners join, on, join in on that? Well, um, the workshops, the workshop that I'm doing this Sunday is called the Wim Hof Fundamentals course. Um, since you guys were to, at the Wim Hof Experience last time, last, when was it? In December, I believe. Uh, yeah. That was more of a kind of like a, like a fun experience a slash show. Mm -hmm. This course is about understanding and learning how to do, how to practice the Wim Hof method effectively and safely, meaning that you're going to get results and you're not going to get hurt. Right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be teaching. It's a five-hour course this Sunday. It starts at 10 a.m. and it goes till 3 p.m., maybe a little longer if we decide to do uh, a few ice baths instead of just one right you know how the crew does right so uh, in this course i teach all the science like uh, uh, we're going to go deep on a little bit of what we were talking about on how why the method does what it does and how it works in the body right what is it that's changing how come i can hold my breath for so long how come my hands are tingly how come i can feel warm inside of the ice 
It's really interesting. You can learn to actually, instead of feeling cold, feeling hot inside of the ice. Mm -hmm. There's so much interesting, you know, call it biohacking information inside of this method. And what's beautiful is there's so much science because there's so many scientists that have been trying to debunk the myth of the Wim Hof method. And all they do is continue to explain it in more detail. They keep figuring it out. And we absorb that information from science and teach it in our courses. We explain exactly what the work is doing to you, the breath work and the ice. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do five hours of that. I'm going to do two breathing sessions. So the first one's kind of going to be, okay, let's see what you can do. Then I'm going to teach breathing mechanics to make the breathing even more efficient so that you can get more air in by using less energy. And then we're going to do a second breath session. And that session usually takes people deep. Once we're doing that, uh, we're going to start talking about cold exposure and how to prepare. Like you said, we're going to talk about different techniques for cold exposure. You said that you use a shower. So mm -hmm. how do you use the shower? How do you use the ice bath? How do you use uh, nature? If you have cold available in nature, we don't here in Miami. <laughs> um, that's why I created the Miami Ice Club so people can come and get in the ice regularly. Right. And in the ice club, we have two big freezers that are full of freezing water and we dump 800 pounds of ice for these events. So the water is at 30 degrees when you get in. <laughs> yeah. So Jesus. your shower comes out at 72. And now it's cold. You get an idea. So Goodness. at 55 degrees, the body starts going through noticeable physiological changes. At 30 degrees, it's, it's incredible. I mean, whatever you feel, it's condensed in a second. And Tim, I keep people in Tim, there for two minutes. Tim right now is going crazy because he knows uh, how much me and Ice don't really get along. He's just, <laughs> I'm just looking forward to sit in the ice bath. With Andy. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, here, here's the thing. I think we were talking about uh, acupuncture the other day, right, Andy? Yeah, I'm going through right? that right now. I, mm -hmm. is it, so, look, I hate needles. But if you tell me they're going to do good to me, I'll get over it. Right, right, right. It's true. But the same goes to you, brother. You know, the, the ice, you got to get over it, man. Because, it, because in nature, we're supposed to be going through it. We're supposed to feel cold and we're supposed to feel warm. We're supposed to feel the environment, but because of all the comfort that we've created as a society and as a mm -hmm. human animal, we've created all these devices to keep us cold, to keep us, you know, to cool it down when it's too hot, to warm it up when it's cold. Right. Mm -hmm. But we don't get the stimulus that our body is designed to get and it needs. So this brings you back <coughs> nature, right? This brings you back to nature. And man, you know, we live in Miami, man. We're so lucky. We could be getting in the, in the ocean in December and a lot of people don't get in because they think it's too cold. Come on, man. It's beautiful. Right. We can totally get in. You know when those, that, those two weeks in Miami that gets a little chilly, oh, yeah. people start bringing out like the Our winter. <laughs> yeah, bringing out the 80s Miami heat jackets and stuff, right. <laughs> the dolphins jackets. So that's what I'm talking about. Those two weeks in Miami, you're going to be able to be out there in your shorts, laughing your butt off. It's going to be amazing. And, and that's happening. Sorry, you said that's happening again this Sunday, September 22nd, 2019. Uh, what's the time? This what's is time? 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And I'll make sure to, to put the, uh, the link of the workshop and all that in the show notes so the listeners uh, can uh, have that. And you probably also Excellent. repeat these workshops once in a while, correct? I do repeat these workshops once in a while. This one is the local workshop that we do 
at the Budokan Academy for the Miami Ice Club. So this is kind of like the easiest one to get to. I do tour and teach a lot all over the place. So if you can't catch me in Miami this weekend, I got another one coming up in Tampa. I got another one coming up in Weston. I got another one coming up in New York City. So all of those events are in my website, uh, donatohelbling.com. But if you're interested in training locally, and also if you want to come this Sunday, then go to miamiiceclub.com. Miamiiceclub.com. That's the local classes. We teach the workshop this Sunday, which we teach every now and then, but it's probably going to be the last one this year. But we also teach regular classes. So we have memberships. So people can come and ice two times a week, and we're about to add a third session. So the classes are Mondays at 8 a.m. before you start the week. So get ready to crush the week. And then Fridays at 6 p.m. So it's kind of like the happy hour class. The yeah. Monday class is one hour. And the Friday class, because usually more people come, it's usually about an hour and a half, two hours long. But we have about 40 members right now. And we started in January. That's so awesome. we're doing great. Miami is loving the Wim Hof method. So if you're in the area, you want to check it out. Um, we have something called, an, if you can't come to the Sunday, which I strongly suggest you come, but if you can't come this Sunday, you still want to come and try the Miami Ice Club and you have no experience in the Wim Hof method, you can sign up for a two-class intro course, which is only 50 bucks, and you get to come two classes to, to train with the members. So you learn the breath work, you learn to do the ice. The first class, you don't get in the ice, you do a cold shower. We have the coldest shower in Florida because we pump water out of the ice bath through a shower. Perfect. So your first day is a shower, and then your second class is the ice bath. But if you come to the fundamentals course this Sunday, you're going straight into the ice bath. Because <laughs> oh, we're gonna do, boy. Oh, yeah, because we're going to do two breath sessions, and that's going to get you more than prepared for it. So awesome. It's super fun, man. Awesome. Well, like I said, thank you very much, Donato, for all the information. And uh, again, listeners, you should have all this information that links uh, at the bottom of this podcast. Um, as we wrap up this podcast episode, uh, we have two more things. The first one is rapid fire. Uh, here's what we call, or what we call the, uh, again, we mean uh, Tim will have a question. I'll have a question towards you, Donato, and just to learn a little bit more about you. Uh, and we call it rapid fire because uh, you literally only have uh, Point three seconds to answer the question. All right, let's do it. Are you ready for that? Yes, sir. All right. So my first question is: Are you ready? Sure. What's your favorite uh, superhero? Deadpool. De Deadpool. Yes. Interesting. Wow. Okay, Tim, you're up. Um, yes. If a movie was made of your life, what genre would it be, and who would play you? Comedy. Myself. <laughs> all right fair enough fair i can enough. see that i can see that. <laughs> the second part uh or just to finish here the the podcast is thanks we give three special thanks uh the first one being to you donato uh thank you for giving us the time and the opportunity to uh, learn about you to sit down and chat with you um again to hear about all the the journey that you've created and what has led you to where you're at now to leading uh, classes to teaching uh, and now teaching this Wim Hof method. So thank you very much to uh, jumping on the podcast. Thank you, Andy. You're welcome, brother. The second thank you goes to our listeners. Again, uh, we have the opportunity with this platform to talk and to listen and to learn. Uh, we want to appreciate, or sorry, we appreciate the listeners that spend the time uh, to check in and listen to these episodes. You couldn't be doing anything. Uh, right now, you could be in your shower doing a Wim Hof method. Uh, 
little uh, teaser, but you took the time and you are here listening to this episode. Uh, so thank you very much uh, for listening to this episode. The last thank you goes to our clients, our patients, our students. Um, thank you. Thank you very much for allowing us to do what we do, to share our passion, to uh, provide value. Because uh, again, we can have all this passion, but if there's nobody to share it with, in reality, it's nothing. So thank you very much for all that. This is Connect and Move Radio. I'm your host, Andy Fortuna, signing out. Hey there, Andy Fortuna here, and I hope you enjoyed that episode. I love the opportunity to connect and share information with passionate people just like you and would love the opportunity to do the same for others. So please take the time right now to leave a five-star review and help spread the word about this podcast. Thank you so much for your support and see you on the next episode. Hold up.